everybody to another episode of the Hanging with Monster podcast. We're doing episode 118, and I'm talking with Mr. Damien Saint. You may know him as the executive producer at Destination 6 Wrestling, a referee at Chicagoland Championship Wrestling, a general manager at Rocket Pro Wrestling, as well as talent relations, creative assistant, talent scout, personal seminars that he does, and whatever the hell else he decides to come up with to do has a personal podcast also waking up with saint you can check that out on spotify i was first introduced to this guy at the rocket pro wrestling halloween season show that they had last year he was a referee at that time and he was being choke slammed by michael myers That's how I was introduced to him. I got to know him just going to the shows after that as well. And then talking to him on the internet. And we were trying to get this episode together for a while. Uh, We just had to find our schedules that made sense for each other to have time to do it. got so much going on in his plate and you know kudos to him for staying busy with everything that he does uh you're not gonna make it anywhere just sitting there so damien's up 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 and doing it let's see what else we get into uh we get into wrestling we get into wrestlers we get into the business We get into everything that has to go on with each of our lives and wrestling and how we got introduced to it. So I'm not going to hold up any more time. I'll just let Mr. General Manager Damien Saint take it away. So with that being said... For those unaware of who the hell I am, the name is Damien St. and I am your Rocket Pro Wrestling General Manager. And I'm on Hanging with Monster Podcasts and crank those jams. This is uh, episode 118, and I'm sitting here with Damien Saint. Uh, 
you may know him from uh, Destination Six uh, Wrestling. You may know him from uh, Rocket Pro Wrestling, and you you just may know him. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, I have the honor to talk with him today. Uh, we're gonna find out uh, some wrestling uh, wrestling stuff, uh, behind the scenes stuff, uh, some stories he may have, and uh, you know. Um, uh and we'll go from there so here we go with damien saint <laughs> yeah welcome sir <laughs> oh no thank you sir <laughs> yeah so uh yeah there was a uh rocket pro wrestling uh show that went on the uh, fall brawl uh last night uh for anyone in the uh crest hill area they know about it right there at st joe's park uh, I've been going there for a while. Um, I think uh, the first one I attended was the uh, the one where you got body slammed by um, uh, what was it? Uh, um, Jason? What, or, no, no, no. Michael Myers for the Halloween show. Oh, when I got choke slammed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was my uh, first introduction of both uh, Rocket Pro Wrestling and then uh, meeting you as well. <laughs> uh, believe at that time you were uh, a referee for that match. Yeah, I, uh, I was actually the. So before I became the general manager, I was actually the senior referee of Rocket Pro Wrestling. Okay. All right. Um. And actually, two of the referees that we have right now, Christian, who is our new senior referee, uh-huh. and Braylon. Okay. Those are two kids that I helped train as a referee. Oh, okay. Yeah. Devin, he came in this last season, and I actually love referee Devin. Yeah. I love his work. Yeah. But Christian and Braylon, yeah. those are my kids. <laughs> Everything I know, I, I taught them, and I beat it in their heads. And when Braylon came in, he kind of came in under Christian's wing. While yeah. Christian was still under my wing. Okay. So I kind of feel like grandpa with him. Yeah. But I mean, they're, they're, they're good. They've yeah. come such a long way. And not many people uh, kind of realize this, but the referee uh, plays an intricate role in uh, most of the, the matches as well uh, for certain spots and, you know, to make sure everyone uh, isn't badly hurt, you know. Uh, you know, in in real life, where it's like, hey, I just I just pop my arm out of a socket, or I just pop my leg, and I uh, I need something to happen here. <laughs> it's kind of kind of like the far uh, say is the referee is the most essential job. Yeah, in professional wrestling. Okay, yeah, and I, I feel like it's the most underrated job. That and managing have become the most underrated jobs possible because everyone wants to win, everyone wants to be the star, which I get. Right. Who the hell doesn't go in this business and sit there and say, ah, I don't care if I'm a star or not. Yeah, because it's an entertainment business. I mean, you want to be all eyes on you, kind of, you know, you want to be the top entertainer, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. And so with the referees, I mean, it's one of those things where if you start cheating in front of the referee, yeah, now the referee kind of looks stupid because he sees you cheating blatantly, but he doesn't disqualify you. Right, right, right. And then the constant up to five counts because, again, the heel wants to cheat blatantly in front of the referee. Right. And I feel like they (laughs) – I feel like, unfortunately, in professional wrestling nowadays, and I hate saying this, (laughs) and it's not like a horrible thing, so don't think I'm attacking the business itself. Hey, good one. But 
I believe schools need to go back to teaching the students every role. Yeah. From the backstage uh-huh. of crew to camera uh-huh. to photography, right? Managing referee and then wrestler. Wow. Yeah. Just because for me, when I came in, I didn't come in as a wrestler. I, I've done some matches. Okay. But I came in as a manager first and then a referee after that. Okay. Well, that was one of my questions, how you first got into uh, the business and such. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that was actually just under seven and a half years ago. Uh, I started with EHF Entertainment out in South Bend, Indiana. Oh, okay. When they first started. Mm. Um, when I technically, when I came in, it was the start of their second year. Their first year, they only ran one show. Okay. Because they were still training all the kids under Ox Baker Jr. Okay. So when they started running inside a building and doing it a lot better than they yeah. did for the first show, yeah, they did it out in, I think it was Buchanan High School up in Michigan. Mm. And they did four shows in four weeks. Oh. It's like a giant fundraiser. And then the last show was All Steel Cage. Oh, wow. Of course, that's, I missed the last two shows. One for Comic-Con. Last one where Stan Lee was, I believe. Okay. For Chicago. And then the following weekend was Garth Brooks down in Champaign. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I mean, I, I got data for the first two shows of technically what started as EHF. Yeah. Came in there. I, I met some of the guys. I met the promoter at the time. We got along, explained them that I came up in a theater background. Okay. Um, And so that kind of really played out a lot. Their first show was kind of like almost like a tryout for me. Um, Did you have uh, aspirations uh, of uh, not being a wrestler then, but you wanted to be something, uh, something else. <laughs> so, I mean, as a kid growing up, of course, I want to be a wrestler. Yeah, it's yeah. That childhood dream of I want a main event WrestleMania. Okay, like that's always been in my mind. Yeah. Um. So when I was 24, I joined the army. I went infantry for four years. Oh, okay. Yeah. So when I got out, I did one tour over in Africa. But when I got out, went to the VA, did the medical test, found out I had mild arthritis, mild degenerative disc disease in my back. Uh, during the army, I've had a fractured hip, stress fractures horribly up both and both up and down both my legs. Oh, wow. So... A wrestling you career was. Around, you'll notice I walk around with a little bit of limp. Okay. Yeah. Until I start walking faster, and then you'll never be able to tell. But yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where, to this day, I still at heart want to be a wrestler. Yeah. And that's why I've done like just maybe like a handful of matches so far in my career for seven and a half years. Okay. But I'm also very protective over my back after going oh, through yeah. the army and the arthritis and all that type of stuff. Like yeah. Ever since I started working out with uh, Vince Robbins, Koa Laxamana, who was there last night. Oh, okay. Who picked up the victory over my boy Schultz. Yeah. I, I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> it's fast. Yeah. But I'll, I'll still I'll go work out with Koa at his gym because uh, he's such a good good guy. Yeah. Um, and so when I first met him, 
last Christmas, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Never met the guy before. We started talking online, inviting me out to his gym out in Shorewood. And I'm thinking to myself, cool. I'm going to the gym to meet a guy who's a wrestler who I've never met. Yeah. And he wants to do like a little mini podcast interview thing while working out with me. Oh, all right. And I'm at the point where I'm still losing weight because I started losing weight during COVID. It was either lose weight or keep drinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I figure I might as well live a little bit longer. <laughs> but so I, I met Vince, Koa. We became instantly really good friends, got along. Same mindset in a lot of different aspects of the business. Yeah. He's super, extremely successful with what he's done. I mean, he's about my age. Like, I'm 36. He's around yeah. my age. Yeah. Owns two gyms. Yeah. Pickup truck, Corvette, beautiful daughter, beautiful woman, beautiful house. Like, he's living the American dream as it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's only in his 30s. And that's because he used to wrestle years ago. He stopped, moved up to California, got involved in bodybuilding, and went to college for, was it kinesiology? For like bodybuilding and that stuff. Okay. Came back, opened up his own gym, got back in wrestling. Killing it right now. Sweet. <laughs> Heck yeah. Yeah. So what was uh I guess uh your your childhood introduction to wrestling? Was it uh the the WWF and then uh <laughs> Yep. So the story goes. Because <laughs> I told it so many times. Yeah. And the first time I told it, I had to think really about it. Yeah, yeah. But so it was third grade, which I believe when you're in third grade, you're about like nine years old. Yeah. Never heard a word about professional wrestling. Right. When my parents had me, they were already like starting their 40s. Okay. So they, they never did anything with professional wrestling. One of my sisters, because I'm the youngest of nine, one of them watched wrestling coming up, but I'm also like, so I, here we go, talking about me going up in tangent. So a couple of years ago, <laughs> I just met a half brother and half sister. Oh, wow. And Dave, my half-brother, is six years older than me. Jess is about 10. Okay. So besides them, my other youngest sibling, who's older than me, yeah, is like 14, 15 years older than me. Okay. So while being, at the time, youngest of seven, throughout yeah. local marriages and all that good Jerry Springer crap, <laughs> it, it yeah. became one of those things where, while being youngest of seven, I grew up as an only child. Yeah, with boomers who yeah. were already grandparents, so they had yeah. already checked out as it was. It was <laughs> here's television, son. Here's here's yeah. Nintendo. <laughs> yeah, be quiet, leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, right. Let television raise you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like, I, I never found out anything about professional wrestling. Yeah, third grade, nine years old. We're in school, and this new kid, John, comes in like halfway through the school year. This next to me, we become friends, and he starts talking to me about Monday Night Raw, and I have no idea what he's talking. He's saying professional wrestling. I'm like, professional? What? What is professional wrestling? What is wrestling? <laughs> like, I yeah. had no idea. I was completely pure innocence of a child. Like it, it, my parents, they, they came up 
with country music. So I came up in the country Christian household and all that good stuff. Okay. Yeah. And so of course, professional wrestling, it's, it's violence. <laughs> my mom never wanted me to watch that. Once she found out, I started watching it. She did the same thing like she did South Park. She tried telling me not to watch it. She tried giving me not to watch it. I still watch it. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> but so I watched it the first time. Yeah. And I will never forget because I'd forgotten what time it had started. Oh. And right. I tuned in probably shortly before it was bedtime for being nine years old. Yeah. So which is like eight o'clock. Okay. So it's probably like seven fifty almost. Yeah. Remember Monday Night Raw? I remember it's USA Network. And like I never watched USA Network before in general. So that's yeah. a good thing for me in general. <laughs> yeah. All I'd known at the time time was Nickelodeon and Disney for the most part. Okay. <laughs> and so I turn on Monday Night Raw and it's the Heart Foundation and a tag team match against Vader and the Patriots. Oh, yeah. And, and this is the time of Bret Hart and Stone Cold having their beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so this is before the submission match. Get over here, you son of a bitch. <laughs> but like when I tune in, like I'm catching part of the match. I don't understand anything that's going on, but yeah, I see the Patriot. And of course, like you're nine years old. Yeah. It's America. You live yeah. out in you know Union Town of <laughs> Illinois out by Chicago. So yeah. honestly, it's oh, he's from America. I like yeah. him. And then you see Vader next to him. He's like, all right, he has to be a good guy too. Kind of watch Vader, you're like, I don't know if he's a good guy, but he's with the good guy. <laughs> and then during the match, yeah. when they're getting around to the finish, yeah, Stone Cold comes running out. <laughs> oh, he yeah. goes after Bret Hart. Yeah. Now I've seen Nightheart and uh Owen Hart. I've seen Vader and the Patriot. I've seen Bret Hart on the outside. Yeah. And now here comes Stone Cold, and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I just see this guy just throwing punches and chasing Brett and and da 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 da. Yeah, yeah. And instantly, like nine years old, really the most violent thing I've seen since like Child's Play and Halloween and that type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. But you see it, and instantly I'm like. <sighs> <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> and then not knowing that yeah. I had ADHD. Yeah. Going to school the next day. Yeah. Talking to John about it. Going yeah. by a couple of days. I get the next Monday night. Okay. And I forgot what time and what channel it was all over again. <laughs> I think I stayed quiet for like another like two weeks because I was so embarrassed of telling the new kid. I yeah. forgot the show that you told me about. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> but yeah, so like when I first started, yeah. it was that was my first moment. It was that tag team match halfway yeah. through, uh-huh. and then Soul Cold coming out. Oh hell yeah! And then when I started watching it again, when I finally asked John for the channel again and the time and all that type of stuff, yeah, start watching again, and I'm watching religiously, and uh-huh. now. I'm Meeting characters like uh, Shawn Michaels and Triple H oh, when they yeah. had China and Rick Rude had already left DX. Okay, like yeah. just like when Rick Rude was just leaving DX. Okay, um, and then uh, I'm seeing people like The Undertaker and yeah. Mankind. Uh huh. Oh wow. <laughs> and it's just it, it's so many wonderful characters and gimmicks. Yeah, 
And it was just like the theatrics of it. And just, I, I love this word. So there's a word I, I was taught and beaten in my head, not beaten. <laughs> but my first college professor in theater for Joliet Junior College. Uh-huh. It was a spectacle of professional wrestling. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was a spectacle that I fell in love with. And like <laughs> after that, dude, yeah. I fell in love with theater. I fell in love with acting. I fell in love with television, movies. <laughs> like that had like opened up my world. Oh, yeah. My, my whole life. I always told everyone in my family, I want to be a professional wrestler. Professional wrestler, <laughs> professional wrestler, professional wrestler. Yeah. Every job I've ever had in back of mind, it was if I was working in a restaurant. Uh-huh. All right, I'm gonna get my cardio in so I can become a professional wrestler. Oh yeah. Uh working car sales. All right, I'm gonna learn how I can negotiate and, and talk to prices and, and talk to people I don't know, and I can use that for professional wrestling. Yeah. So then, all right, I can get physically fit and, and set up for professional wrestling. Yeah. Everything was always about professional wrestling. Oh wow. My yeah. whole thing, my whole life, dude. I, I swear to God. <laughs> they always thought it was nothing but a face. <laughs> whole life. I it was the one constant. While everything else I kind of like flaked out on with the ADHD. That was the one constant that was always there. And they always thought that was the one thing that was just a face. Yeah. <laughs> everything else they, they were all for. Yeah, <laughs> that's gotta be a face. <laughs> yeah, two and a half years ago, I joined professional wrestling. Yeah, for the first year, they still said it's just a face. <laughs> and then, and then, after the first year, yeah. when I told them, yeah, with EHF Entertainment, when I'm still working with them because I'm only working with them and Pro Wrestling King, who is also the Northwest Ohio or Northwest Indiana area. Mm-hmm. So I'm working with those two companies pretty much my first year and a half. Okay. After the first year, I start showing some intelligence with professional wrestling, with storytelling. And mm. by this time, they've already let me start my own faction, which mm. we became the top faction with the top merchandise sales there. Oh, nice. Uh, and they brought me in again after the first year. They made me talent relations. Yeah. So now I'm dealing with all the new people. I'm like, you're in the business, and I'm already doing talent relations. Yeah. Go out to North Carolina for yeah. a show. Go out to Jersey for a uh, a camp. Oh, all right. Of, uh, was it Trifecta Academy? Academy. It was like 10, 12 different Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania promotions that came out there checking out talents. Oh, okay. I'm the only guy from the Midwest. Yeah. I'm yeah. also a manager, so they didn't bring me out there because I'm gonna be too expensive. <laughs> yeah. I still went out there, I still made a name for myself at least the best I could. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. After that, after that, they stopped saying it was a phase. Yeah. <laughs> they finally stopped it. They're like, oh, you really are going for this. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe it's not just a phase. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you think? Yeah, my first introduction to wrestling, uh, we would watch um because it would only come on on Saturday nights. Uh watch that uh WWF. And uh they introduced um at that time it was uh wrestlemania two or three i believe when hulk hogan slammed andre the giant four oh okay four so they uh had a screening of that um at the rialto in joliet they had like a huge uh a huge screen that they would play the 
uh, you know, the the pay-per-view on and you could get seats and watch it from there. And yeah. uh, my dad took me and my brother and uh, watched that. And I was like, it was on after that. It was like every Saturday, you know? <laughs> yeah. What do you guys want to watch? Wrestling. Yep. You guys want wrestling. <laughs> yeah. And at that time, you know, it was all the, the 80, what was that? Probably like 84, five, six, something like that. Maybe. Yeah. Somewhere uh, around there. Uh, but yeah, it was Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan, Junkyard Dog, Coco Beware, you know, all those guys. And then uh, eventually became like Ultimate Warrior. As soon as I seen that character, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> Every time he came out and his music hit, it was just like fireworks going yeah. off. And, you know, he had the, the bright colors and had huge muscles, had the tassels. I was like. This guy's gonna wreck everyone. <laughs> it was like a uh, an upgraded version of like uh, Macho Man's character, and uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, those those guys, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, kind of quit watching it uh, as I grew up and got into like sports and stuff. And then uh, uh, yeah, the nineties when nineties came and raw. Uh, yeah, The Rock and <laughs> The Rock and <laughs> you know uh, Stone Cold and all those characters, my uh, mankind. Yeah, that was awesome times too. Uh, that that was true storytelling. That was character yeah. storytelling at its best. Yeah, and then while I was watching that, um, you know, I heard that uh, Hulk because I was like, well, where's Hulk Hogan? And, oh yeah, he's in this group now called WCW. And I was like, what's that all about? <laughs> So I switched over to that, and that was just as the time when uh, Steen became Scarecrow Steen. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> and I was like, oh, man, I'm all in. <laughs> Him yeah, versus I, I the, wish the I NWO. Young, and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> hmm. I, I wish when I was younger, I wish I'd seen more of WCW than what I did. Because yeah. I was already like, I was fully set in Stone Cold and DX and, and all yeah. that. Like, yeah, I was hooked. I was sold. Like, they they had me for life, pretty much. Yeah, for and real. Still to this day, still has me to life. <laughs> but so, of course, I hear about WCW and I start hearing about Goldberg, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, Goldberg. That's really cool. Like, I want to check it out. Yeah, yeah. I turn on WCW. Uh huh. I catch Goldberg. I catch his music to start him walking out of the locker room. Yeah, like I catch the whole entrance, and that's where I tune in for slamming his head on the door. For one match with that, yeah, comes out there, bell rings, spear, jackhammer, jackhammer. Like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I turned it off so quick. I was so aggravated. I started thinking Goldberg was a ripoff and a wannabe of Stone Cold. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's where my mind was. I was like, yeah. he dresses like Stone Cold. Yeah, he's oversized, but he <laughs> yeah. can't do a match like Stone Cold. He can't fight like Stone Cold. Stone Cold win. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> He'll never be Stone Cold. <laughs> yeah, at that time, I was flipping back and forth uh, because they were on at the same time. So it was like, you know, you had to <laughs> you yep. had to catch catch one in commercial go to the other one and so on and so forth or or record <laughs> record one because, and watch it after you watch uh raw or something <laughs> exactly yeah. but it's unfortunate like, there's been like so many times where i've tried to watch like newer promotions when they get bigger yeah like tna when that was going on uh-huh 
when I first started, I, I wasn't the biggest fan. I didn't understand the octagon style ring. Okay. And so yeah. it never really drew me in. Yeah. But as time went on, like I tried watching here and there and, and I caught quite a bit of Jeff Hardy. Okay. At his point. Yeah. Oh yeah. And <laughs> and that kind of turned me off in general. Yeah. But I was like, all right, like I'll I'll still give TNA a chance. Like I, I'm not happy with what I'm seeing with Jeff Hardy, but I, I've seen him his whole WWE career. I kind of yeah. want to see if he gets better. I, I want to see how this goes. Yeah. And then his match ends, and the next scene is Dixie Carter, uh. and in walks Eric Bischoff. Oh shit! And Hulk Hogan. Oh. It was WCW all over again. I turned it off so quick. I was like, well, this is going to die. I don't even trust this anymore. <laughs> Listen here, brother. <laughs> like, I, I hate to say it. I respect the hell out of Bishop and Hogan and everything they've done in this business. Completely, yeah. 100%. <laughs> yeah. But those two together? Yeah. In charge of a wrestling product. Yeah. I'm sorry. WCW? It yeah. died. TNA? Yeah. It died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> right I, I, I want the best i want the best for impact as it is right now and oh my god i saw the impact had a sold out show the other oh night. yeah uh-huh Good for them yeah yeah at the the wembley uh stadium one was huge they uh i guess they drew uh you know i don't know if it was their uh intentions but it drew i guess the the most uh the most in attendance for any uh, wrestling uh, event ever or whatever like that. So no, I guess they can hold that over WWE's. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Over the yeah, largest record for the Wembley. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a, a favorite wrestler uh, growing up or was there a. It was Stone Cold. Yeah. Like it. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah. It buried apparently the story because like that's how sold I was into the characters. Yeah. Number one was Stone Cold. Yeah. Like that was the <laughs> one person who I always want to see. Like every match I wanted Stone Cold. When when <laughs> moments when he came out uh-huh. after Austin 316 and he's running yeah. a rampage and every yeah. match, like I think it's like three matches in a row, comes yeah. out, stuns everybody, and just yeah. leaves. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I was like Yes, I want this every match for the rest of my life. I want a match going on, and Stone Cold has come out and just beat the shit out of people. And not only every wrestler, but then he goes after Vince McMahon and the whole family. You know, is stunning all of them. So it's like you got a character that comes to work, gets to beat oh, up dude, everybody, tells his <laughs> boss off, gives him the middle fingers, drinks beer in the middle. Like hell yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I love it, and especially being that young, like. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where uh, my dad, my stepdad, yeah, he did like 32, 33 years out of Caterpillar Union. Okay. So I grew up in a union household. Yeah. So I always heard about my old man bitching about the boss. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I heard about the good days. I heard about the bad days. I heard all of it. Uh-huh. So instantly when you're like 10 and around that age and you yeah. hear your dad, who's kind of like your hero. Yeah. Finishing about someone who's above him. Uh-huh. And then he's so cold. Yeah. Kind of getting screwed over and treated by like shit from Vince McMahon. T- totally. And then connect. the stutter, and you're like, oh. 
<laughs> Dan, and then give you your the whole, boss the stunner when you get to work. <laughs> but then you get the whole the story as well of like DX with uh with Vince and the corporation and that whole thing. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Oh, it's like I fell in love with DX. And that was like my first yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I almost would say like that was like my first uh, mature viewing mm. of stuff on okay. a weekly television product. Okay. Yeah. And so <laughs> Puberty hit. There's Sable. There's there's everything going on. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, there was all that too with the, the with the females that would come in. It would be uh, bikini bikini matches or bikini yep. bathing suit matches. And they, oh, I got Jerry the King Lawler uh, puppies. <laughs> I I didn't care much for Jerry because I knew he was uh, the color commentator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I I love the puppies again, like early preteen. Yeah, yeah. What is this? Puppies! Oh my god! Jerry the King Lawler through every fucking match, <laughs> but then that happens, and that's the one time you agree with them. Yeah, <laughs> but then as time goes on, as every fucking show you get, it's puppies, puppies, puppies. <laughs> I feel like yeah, three right. years of puppies. You're kind of like. Come on. Dude, now I'm going to this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure they were yelling in his uh microphone in his ear or his headphone in his ear. <laughs> I would not doubt it for one second. <laughs> oh Vince. Uh how about a uh a least favorite? Did it, did you have a, a least favorite that uh character um that you were just like, oh god. I don't even know why he gets airtime or, or, you know, I just can't stand his character. Uh, <laughs> uh. First character I would have to say that I saw where I actually had that thought. Yeah. Chris Jericho, when he came to the WWE. Oh shit. Yeah. Because uh-huh. I, I, You never saw a character like that. Like you, you saw yeah. the cocky, arrogant characters, but that was like, Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Yeah. yeah and those yeah. you love because they're so defiant. But then you get Chris Jericho. And of course, again, yeah. like I said before, I tried watching WCW, but yeah. Goldberg turned me away instantly. Uh huh. Yeah. And then Jericho jumps over. <laughs> again, I, I have no idea who he is. Yeah. But he starts messing with Stone Cold and The Rock. And like, those are my guys when I'm a kid. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you, I start listening to his promos. And oh, oh my god. Yeah, great. Every, every promo when he first started. Yeah. So where like he became like the first undisputed champion. Yeah. He yeah. was a rock and Austin, I think it was like the same night. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because that's when NWO came in. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they screwed over Austin. Oh shit. Um and then all that was going on. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was Jericho because <laughs> every time he got on the mic. Yeah. I just wanted someone to punch him so <laughs> badly. Yeah, that arrogance. <laughs> oh my god, beyond the arrogance and the little like mini pon- ponytail oh, yeah, going on. Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. "You're a troll. You're a giant troll head." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so what do you think of uh like the the ladies um you know coming up and wrestling uh, you know uh, uh in the 90s like I said it was uh bikini matches and stuff and that's kind of how they were used uh but then you had like you know uh women like China and stuff that actually uh 
you know, uh, there was matches where she was body slamming dudes and stuff. And <laughs> well, you also remember, uh, and then, and then, and and then what they became you... now too. Like now it's yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think you got your times a little bit mixed up. Uh, <laughs> so let me help you. Okay. If you don't mind. No, but I, I get what you're going with. Yeah. The 2000s became more of the bikini matches because that's when Bischoff was more involved with WWE. Oh, because okay. that's when he was doing the HLA, Hot Lesbian Action, uh-huh. uh, the pudding yeah. matches, and <laughs> all that stuff. Like That's yeah. when Bischoff was in charge of Monday Night Raw and all that stuff. Oh, okay. 90s, yes, China. But yeah. you also got to remember, you had Jacqueline. Yeah, yeah. Who had... Um, yeah. Uh, the Tory, not Tory but, Wilson, but the original Tory, T O R I. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And Molly Holly, when yeah. she first came in. Yeah. And you had them, and uh, Lita, Trish. Yeah. 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 Those were like late 90s. Okay. Into the 2000s, but yeah. they were still when professional wrestling for women was still professionally wrestling for women before it became the Divas division. Okay, Before yeah. it became right. all right, let's just make them look pretty and we'll, yeah. we'll give them, you know, two minute matches and whatever. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. Candy, that's all they're there for. <laughs> yeah. But the 90s, like it, again, Jacqueline, China, Tori, uh-huh. yeah. Victoria when she was coming in. Yeah. I think she was late 90s. Mm-hmm. I, I could be wrong. She could be 2000s as well. Mm. But like it was like around that time period. And, and that's when professional wrestling for women, like I said, was actual professional wrestling for women yeah like you yeah. cared about what happened during the match you cared about the stories that there was going on right 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 once all of them got stepped aside and started retiring and then you had tori wilson and stacy keebler and, and all of them yeah while yes tori was a decent wrestler she was good in the ring yeah they were used more so as i can't yeah, they were taking uh, photo shoots of them out on beaches and, and yep. <laughs> using them for uh, Playboy. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, the end of like Jacqueline's career and a few others, they were in that too. Yeah. But yeah, like that became big mm-hmm. when like Tori Wilson and Chrissy Hemme uh-huh. came into business with WWE. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So do uh Right now, do you follow more of the uh, because of of what you do? Do you follow more like the amateur uh, wrestling rather than uh, the you know the WWEs and AEWs and oh the independents compared to the what I would like to call major leagues? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So with the independents, I don't watch a lot. Okay. Um, What I do watch when I actually do watch it. Mm-hmm. Is more so like my shows that okay. I'm usually on because I kind of want to see what I'm doing. Yeah. I need to do that a lot more. And I have no problem admitting that okay. because I'm so, so horribly critical of myself. <laughs> yeah. And I will like put myself in a depression halfway through a match of uh, managing. <laughs> I'm like, you stupid little son of a bitch. Why would you do that? And I'm like, oh, no, don't hurt me, Damien. Yeah. Well, you just want to make the best version of yourself. So, absolutely. <laughs> and of course, like I said, I'm getting better about that. But, yeah. yeah. Independence compared to the majors, 
not so much yeah. unless someone asked me to watch something and then I have no problem watching it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I'll go to TNA or I'll go to Impact when they come to Chicago. Okay. But I, I'll usually have going to a Friday show. Yeah. Um, because I'm usually booked somewhere on that Saturday. Yeah. AEW, I I I follow online, but I okay. don't watch. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate. I don't want to say I appreciate because mm-hmm. I do. I I appreciate the fact that they're a big company. Yeah. Because yeah. they open up more jobs for professional wrestlers, which right. If you think about the economics of it, independents come up to AEW. Then you have mid-card independents who are becoming main event independents. And then right. so on and so yeah. forth. It's the whole economics of that. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. another big company doing television. Right. It just makes the business bigger and better. Right, right. But I've tried watching AEW, and <laughs> I'm not a big fan of the product. Yeah. They have yeah. their fan base. Right. Not going to knock AEW. I got nothing really knocking about. Yeah. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Impact. Yeah. I like Impact. There's things I wish were done better. Okay. There's things I really enjoy about what they do right now. Uh huh. But in general, I don't go out of my way all the time. Okay. If, if I have the free time during the week, yeah. I'll sit down and I'll watch that week's Impact. Okay. But aside from that, when I get the free time to actually watch wrestling, it's usually Raw, SmackDown, NXT. Those are really the main three I watch. Oh, okay. Because WWE is the, still the top company in the world. Yeah. And I, I want to keep tabs of what they're doing for okay. sheer fact of. Because that's where everyone wants to get to eventually, it, I, I, it I think. Is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> but this is going to sound a little bit off, but uh, take it from like the producer, promoter, backstage, whatever you want to call me for a backstage office role. Okay. I get involved in creative. Uh, I'm part of creative with right. like, for wrestling, uh, Chicagoland Chepstrip Wrestling. Yeah. Um, the Destination Sticks, I'm kind of helping, not so much with creative, but um, the executive producer backstage, I'm helping out with the promos with those getting filmed and Helping out creatively with that. Yeah. So Uh I I love creative. I love storytelling. I love psychology. Yeah. Ever since Triple H took over as head of creative. Yeah. I started watching it again. Yeah. And I'm loving the stories, but I don't watch live because my wife works during the day. I work during the day. So he's not a big wrestling fan. So I don't (laughs) ask her to watch wrestling. It's. Yeah. Let's just chill. We'll watch our stuff. We'll still play some video games. We'll just do our thing. And then right. when I get free time, I'll pull up Hulu and I'll catch the yeah. hour and a half highlights of Raw and pretty much all of SmackDown because yeah, about half hour commercials as it is. And then I <laughs> yeah NXT, which I'm loving NXT in general. Okay, yeah. But yeah. again, going to the producer promoter that creative side, I watch for the sheer fact of. With how we book Rocket Pro Wrestling creatively with the stories. Yeah. I like seeing if I'm kind of like in the same mindset of Triple H. Because okay. when I watch what he's booking and I yeah. watch what he's doing creatively, I'm thinking to myself, every show, okay, I like this way. I like that way. I, I, I might want well, to have done it this way. But with how we're doing it this way or how he's doing it this way, 
what does that present for an opportunity for money down the line? And I'm thinking of what he might be trying to create. Yeah. And so as the story goes, mm-hmm. a, a good amount of time, I'm right. Yeah. There's been a couple of times where I've been wrong, but yeah, as time <laughs> finds out, it's I'm wrong more so because injuries or interrupt other stories. Yeah. Uh-huh. But so as I'm watching, I'm seeing how he's booking it and he's doing the stories. Yeah. When I kind of get watching, I'm watching and seeing it as what I would do creatively. Again, watching it on Hulu, I'm thinking again to the future, what would I do? Yeah. yeah. And as I'm even like halfway correct, <laughs> it just makes me feel more confident with yeah. what I'm doing creatively on the independence. Oh, okay. I feel like is what we're seeing with Rocket for Wrestling. Yeah. I- I'm not the head booker, I'm not head creative. Uh, um, the backstage executive producer. Uh, I'm the guy who was running Gorilla. I do a lot of online marketing. Oh. Um, <laughs> and I love doing it. I'm having so much fun with it. <laughs> but then again, when I get to jump in the creative side and have some fun with that and, and kind of be like the creative assistant for, again, Rocket Pro Chicagoland. Yeah. And I'm seeing what's happening in WWE. And yeah. again, yeah. I, I know I'm repeating myself, but. You get to work with the stories and yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's just that confidence booster, and I'm like, okay, like, yeah. As long as I feel like I'm on the same page of what he would be doing if he was in my role, all right, at my level, yeah. Then I feel like I'm in the right direction, yeah. And it just gives me so much more ideas of what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and so much more confidence, yeah. 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 Cause the viewer, you know, sees the episodes and they're probably just thinking, you know, what's being presented that day. And, you know, the match, the matches going on, they don't really uh, think about the, the, the future of the storyline and, and stuff like that. But yeah, exactly. for, for, <laughs> but, so, uh, but, but for someone who watches it like you, you know, you could, you could be like, Oh, I see kind of where this is going or where it's headed and stuff. And I kind of thought the, uh, the whole Cody Rhodes kind of story was going to go somewhere, you know, more, you know, uh, when he was going against, uh, you know, Roman Reigns and stuff like that, where they were like, oh, there's more to, I haven't finished my story or, you know, the story's I'm kind of, I feel like that's been super stretched out or, or didn't happen or. (laughs) It has. Yeah. But I feel like it's a story that needs to be stretched out. Yeah. If you really think about the whole lineage of the family. Yeah. Like this is this is wrestling royalty storyline. Right, right. As much as I hate to make it sound like it's that big, but yeah. it kind of is. Yeah. Of being Dusty Rose, baby yeah. boy son. Yeah. Um they sure built it up like he was gonna just get it yeah, when he came a- back. Absolutely. And, 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 and I, I don't it. know if on Peacock if you saw the documentary with Cody Rhodes. Uh-huh. Um, did you happen to see that? No, 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 no. Okay. So there's a part in there, spoiler alert. Yeah. When Cody is talking about how he's he can fed up with Stardust and he's mm. he's losing confidence, he's losing patience and all that type of stuff. Yeah. Triple H stopped him and told him sometimes you have to rattle the cage. Like I don't remember that what it was verbatim. Okay. But he pretty much I feel like he pretty much told him if you're not happy. Go do what makes you happy, yeah, and develop better that way, because mm-hmm. then you're gonna be able to develop what you want, not what Vince wants. Yeah, and I feel like that's what Triple H was telling him. 
Yeah. Um, of course, like everyone's doing the whole, oh, Cody's going after Triple H with, with the sledgehammer and all the tough stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> it's gimmick, it's story. Yeah. You guys build it up. He, you, come on, he left Stardust. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You gotta do something like that. Just tell a story. Yeah. But the whole buildup to Roman Reigns and to the WrestleMania moment and it being that close to winning championship. Yeah. I, I love the fact that the fans were so emotional behind it and they were so yeah. upset with the fact that he didn't win. Yeah. And I understand why they want him to win so badly. Yeah. But <laughs> to make your return as almost like the prodigal son. Yeah. And to instantly get that push to the championship, if you win that championship and you redeem your family for never having that title, yeah. And that shorts, <laughs> yeah. then 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 what's all the pain? Yeah. 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 In general for itself. Okay. Yeah. A long ways, especially with bringing in Brock Lesnar, it's almost like a John Cena story of building him up to be a top babyface. Yeah. I mean, who else do you get to show endurance of never quitting, never giving up? Yeah. (laughs) Bring in someone like Brock Lesnar. Uh huh. Yeah. Three big matches. (laughs) Cody goes over two out of three. (laughs) Yeah. Then, Then everyone else is like, Oh well, he, he beat Brock Lesnar. I mean, well, whatever. <laughs> he the, the 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 draft that happened, and then you get the whole split of Cody going raw and going yeah. SmackDown. Yeah. But look where we are now. Mm. Jay is on Raw because Cody went to SmackDown. Yeah. Where Roman is. Mm. So uh-huh. I, I feel like we're going to start picking up that story again. I mean, yeah. this is September. We're about halfway to WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. I would say almost. Yeah, we're almost there. Yeah. Halfway to WrestleMania. So April. two months away from it. We're about eight <laughs> months away from it. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know they're going to start building up that story. Yeah. yeah. So For sure. I feel like, I feel like Cody should be the one to defeat Roman yeah. at this next WrestleMania. Okay. But at the same time, <laughs> Damian Priest. Okay. I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's come, uh, he's come a long way uh, recently, you know, ever since the, uh, the judgment, yes. Judgment Give me one second. I gotta plug my laptop. I just realized it's not plugged in and it's gonna die in like 18 minutes. All right. <laughs> <coughs> but no, keep going. I'm listening. Oh, okay. Uh I was gonna uh go back to uh I guess uh you know uh a- you know for uh, amateur wrestling and people uh you know kids wanting to uh start out and uh you know start their dream of becoming a wrestler, you know, uh um, I'm sure you have being in the business and seeing uh, what you have done, uh, what others have done and stuff. Uh, what are like some uh, some tips, I guess, for, uh, you know, for future wrestlers, you know, um, what you could uh, what kind of knowledge you could pass on to them to, uh, you know, to study or to, you know, to do to become uh, to get to that <laughs> that uh, 
top top position and and such and <laughs> how much time you got because oh I can yeah do a whole mini class on that. <laughs> well yeah yeah uh i'm kind of uh asking for your seminar that that you do that uh <laughs> i'll be going dollars please <laughs> oh yeah you got, okay. a Zell, you got a zell account <laughs> yeah baby <laughs> oh, so yeah for people who it's not even so much if they're younger and they want to get into business. Uh-huh. Or just anyone. Get yeah, start, starting saying, in the I business. I came in at 29. Okay. DDP yeah. came in in the 30 to 34. Like, did yeah. he, he won his first championship at 34. Yeah. And then he joined WCW at 30. Uh-huh. So, I mean, yeah, the whole, it's too late. Screw that shit. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Going back, mm. ADHD. So let's let's go on my little tangent side story. All right. So with me getting trained from Ox Baker Junior, mm. the la- I was his second to last student. Okay. His last student, his name was Randy Ebright. Uh-huh. Great guy. He was an older gentleman in his fifties. Legitimately, he was a fucking rocket scientist. Uh huh. And he was a referee. Okay. Ox trained him once Ox started not doing well health uh, health wise physically. Uh started having a couple seizures. Oh. Stepped aside and left the business. Yeah. He finished Randy's training, but then after Ox stepped aside, I kind of took over with Randy because at that time I'd already been wrecking for a couple years. Okay. And I've already had ref for uh people like Adam Rose, mm-hmm. um, Aaron Williams. Mm. There, there's, there's more. I just yeah. cannot think because <laughs> yeah, so many. <laughs> it really is like uh, yeah. I've had the blessing of meeting so many amazing people in this business. Yeah, but getting back to the topic. <laughs> so throughout all that. There's no such thing as it's too late. There's no such thing as being too old to get involved in the business. Yeah. If you're too old physically and you can't do wrestling physically, if you can take a bump every once in a while, there's managing. Yeah. If you can still move around, but you just don't want your body to be hurting as much as a wrestler, there's refing. Yeah. If you don't want your body hurting at all, there's production with sound, music, cameras. Uh-huh. Lights, all that. Okay. Yeah, there's learning how to do security, uh, marketing. There's yeah. so much in this business that you could do that's not even being a wrestler. And do they I, uh, they teach that in the the wrestling schools? Then all the no, no, no not really. That's okay. my seminars, guys. <laughs> that, that's my seminar. <laughs> okay. I was going to ask, like, where, where can someone uh, kind of learn that kind of stuff then, you know, f- for someone who's, you know, like, I want to be involved in wrestling, but I don't want to get slammed through a table every day <laughs> or do the ladder matches. And the, you know, the... <laughs> Absolutely. No, I completely get that. Yeah. Yeah. If they want. And this goes out to anyone possible because I'm easy to find on Facebook. I really am. Yeah. I got like two profile pages. I got a business page. Okay. I got Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. I am extremely easy yeah. to find. Yep. 
Just don't Google Damien Saint because you'll probably pull up Saint Damien back from like the 1800s. Oh. <laughs> so go to Facebook, go to Damien Saint, look for the yeah. really nice guy in the blue suit who has his feet up like a cocky asshole. <laughs> but if you want, hit me up and I'll give you ideas of what yeah. you can do in the business right. if you don't want to be a wrestler. Uh-huh. I got no problem taking the time out of the day, especially if I'm off work. If I got a free moment, I don't mind spending five, ten minutes talking with you of what you want to do, and maybe I can help point you in a direction. Hell, right. it might open up somewhere being a career one day. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you want to be in the business, if you want to be on the entertainment side of in front of the fan side, yeah. Couple things I would highly suggest. Get a gym membership. Mm. Go to the gym, get a routine, change it up every like two, three months. That way you keep your muscles constantly going. Okay. Once you start doing one routine too much, you can mm. keep building up the weights, but you're not gonna have a lot of big change. Once you start okay. changing up routines, yeah, then you start seeing more results. Okay. Um and with that, gym membership. Yeah. Take care of your body health wise. Yeah. Go to the doctor if you're not feeling well. I, I know insurance <laughs> sucks. Insurance, I, I get it. Yeah. But try to find a way to stay healthy. Try to find a way to uh, eat healthier. Mm-hmm. If you're on a budget, guys, Aldi's is mm-hmm. one of the cheapest complete companies of grocery stores possible. Yeah. Fresh produce. Mm-hmm. The meat is not the greatest, it's, it's still safe. So don't get yeah. it wrong. Yeah. But I've never been the biggest fan of all these meat and, and chicken, but yeah. that's just me. Okay. Plenty of people still buy the product. Fully for Aldi. Yeah. It, it's a cheap substitute. Not cheap. It's a cost efficient substitute if you want to be able to eat healthier. There you go. Yeah. Um Myers as well. If you're in the Illinois area. Mm-hmm. I love Myers. Yeah. Walmart. It, Depends on what you want to buy that day. Yeah. Depends on what deals they have going on. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things where you need to find a way to eat healthy. Find a way to not do a lot of cheap diets. There's a lot of cheap meals. Like hold yourself accountable. Yeah. You have to. Mm. Because no one else is going to. Yeah. Don't have years. I, I've learned that myself. No one else will hold you accountable for what you want to do because it's what you want to do. So you have to hold yourself accountable. Right. <laughs> I've also learned uh, a lot of people, including myself, I do this still to this day, they kind of like get tired. Like, it's okay to take a break. Yeah. Everyone has their dreams. But if you're not happy in life, you need to find what's next. What's next. Yeah. Which I discovered in a podcast this last Thursday on Waking Up with Saint. Oh, <laughs> but with my podcast, it, it's it's motivational. It's yeah. trying to be inspirational. It's also about me talking about my story towards success. Okay, because I know it's gonna happen. I'm already successful in my mind. Yeah, from where I was uh, ten years ago. Yeah, if you would have talked to me ten years ago, I would have thought I would have been dead already. Oh shit! Legit, I would have thought I would have been dead already. <laughs> Oh wow! <laughs> but well, you're doing six, a lot better than that. <laughs> you're amazing compared to that. <laughs> but uh, try finding a decent paying job. Mm. 
if you want to find something that's going to be a job, uh, even a career or a potential career, yeah, it's a lot of hard work. But look at the trades, mm. union wise, yeah. yeah, because. It, some people are going to sit there and go, well, screw the union. They want the dues and all that type of stuff. <laughs> but they also protect you. They also yeah. keep you employed and keep you in touch with different employers. It's not like you're hanging out the dry. All right. You get laid off. You put your name on a list for companies to start hiring you. So you're not like you're out right. in the wind. Just, unless yeah. you're a piece of shit, then you're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, guys, think about this. Yeah. I have a union job. I work six to two, yeah. Monday through Friday. Okay. I have pretty much no mandatory overtime except like this Monday for a longer job. But I, I work Monday through Tuesday or Monday through Friday, six to two, yep. sometimes five to one. Mm. I have the afternoon to the evening off. Yeah. I have my weekends off. Yeah. So if you want to be involved in professional wrestling, I have Friday night off. I mm-hmm. have Saturdays off. I have Sundays off. Those are the three biggest days of independent wrestling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Plus, it's a physically demanding job. Yeah. You're going to wear yourself down. But again, as long as you keep going to the gym, you yeah. can keep being healthy. Yeah. You've got to be okay. Mm-hmm. And you're going to have that money behind a union job to where you're going to be able to afford better gear than mm-hmm. Joe Blow down the road. You have better boost. You'll <laughs> afford your own music. Yeah. And not just, you know, go to YouTube and be like, oh, I like this song. This is my new music. <laughs> because if you're only getting on YouTube and yeah. that band has copyrights. Oh, yeah. Trademarks. Yeah. You might catch your match in general. Yeah. But your whole entrance has got to be completely cut out. Oh, yeah. And then you yeah. don't have that to show to promoters. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Especially if the only way you can get your footage is from YouTube and you yeah. don't have someone else recording it. Right. Right. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah. <laughs> and that's a big part of the business itself. Yeah. The, the, last, the last piece of advice I will give anyone who wants to get in this business. Yeah. If you want to treat it as a hobby, go ahead. That is yeah. your right. That is right. your absolute right in this business. Yeah. Anyone who says uh, you're not allowed to be in this business, unless there's a good reason why you're not allowed to be in this business, yeah, you have the right to try and live your dream. Yeah. Absolutely. I don't care what anyone says. Uh-huh. Unless you absolutely suck at it, unless... Uh, <laughs> you're a horrible person and you know you're a Debbie Downer, you're bringing everybody else down around you. Yeah. And if there's things horribly wrong with you and you can't physically do it at all, and I'm still talking about that entertainment side. You need to keep in mind that I'm trying to think how I want to word this. With wanting to live your dream. It is something that you need to be sure that you want. Yeah. But if it's you want to be a part-time job, yeah. My guess, if you want to be uh, just the weekends, yeah. My guess, if you just want to be a hobby, just for shit and giggles and have fun, yeah. because yeah, that's the way you want to live your dream. It'd be my guess. <laughs> I will Let's... never say no to that. If that's yeah. what makes you happy, God bless, man. 
as hard as they have to work though i i would think they they would want to you know like shit (laughs) i'm I'm doing this this. (laughs) it's like being a local town hero and yeah that's where they're happy cool right got no problem with it at all but don't try to tear anybody else down yeah don't try to discourage anybody else from trying to live their dream right because nobody should be trying to discourage you from living your dream right but if it's something where you want it to be successful yeah you need to think of it as a business mm-hmm. so whatever wrestling school or if you do it like me where you have more of a personal trainer like Ox Baker Jr. was for me mm-hmm. to where I traveled with them on the weekends and we trained on the roads Every weekend, I had a show. I was on the road with them. I was doing something with them, but I was still training with them every weekend. Yeah. What a lot of schools, I feel like, do not teach besides the managing, the refing, and all that kind of stuff. What uh-huh. I feel like the essentials behind being a professional wrestler, to where you understand every other role. Yeah. You have to treat it as a business. If. Again, you want to be successful. If this is something you want to do in your life, you have to. You absolutely have to treat it as a business. Right. Because otherwise, you will go into debt. Mm -hmm. You will lose money. You will lose so much out on gas. Mm -hmm. I fully believe in paying your dues. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in doing work for free. Yeah. But with that being said, with Destination Six, the first couple shows I did the executive producer job in the background, we never once talked price. We never talked anything like that. Because with Sam Knight, I know he's going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's that brotherhood. And that's the other thing about the success in this business is you need to find the people who will lift you up, who will support you, who will challenge you. Mm-hmm. When you're having your low points, who right. will stand by you, but they're not going to let you slack off and just kind of give up on yourself. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're the same ones who are going to sit there week in and week out and be like, Oos, you good? Mm. Oos, I, I saw you posted this thing. Yeah. Oos, I, have, I haven't seen you, you know, say anything in a while, and you're usually saying something every day. Mm. Yeah. When you have those people... Like Sam Knight is for me, and I am for him. Mm-hmm. It's again, it's that brotherhood of trying to be successful. We we never once talked fees, anything like that. And McComb is three and a half hours away from me, mm-hmm. so that means for like three months, I had no issue at all driving three and a half hours out. Yeah, not even working for the fans, but run the show from the back. Yeah, drive three and a half hours back home. Mm-hmm. For three months. Wow. Because I know with Destination 6, I trust Sam. I trust the family who runs the promotion. I trust the promotion itself. Mm-hmm. And it's still a young promotion that is still in its first year, still in its first season. Mm-hmm. So if I was to sit there and morally and ethically for me, if a new promotion came out and the three and a half hours away, and if I just sat there and said, Hey, you know what? Pay me 60, 80 bucks just to mm-hmm. run the back house of the show. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do the best job I can. I'm going to run the best show possible. I'm going to yeah. keep it the times the best, uh, the most efficient way I possibly can and keep the show going consistently with nonstop entertainment for the fans. Yeah. But I know at the end of the day with Sam and with the family, I'm going to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. That's the last big thing I will say to anybody who wants to be successful in this business. Find your group. Find your family in this business. Yeah. Treat it as a business. Yeah. Custom music, custom gear, Mm -hmm. gym membership, eat healthy, market yourself. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Go Mm -hmm. on Netflix and watch the Arnold Schwarzenegger three-episode documentary. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, 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 Oh, my God. I cannot tell you the amount of people I've met in seven and a half years. (laughs) And, and, oh, I'm willing to bet there's going to be some people who are going to probably take this as a shot at it. And I don't give one fucking damn. (laughs) The people who sit there and and they sit there and go, it's not my job to promote the show. That is the promoter's job. Yeah. Yeah. Shut your mouth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and guys, I'm not drunk yet. I'm still on my first beer. I still have a second beer for class. <laughs> I'm going after this shit. <laughs> yeah. But where was I? I just lost myself now. <laughs> Self promotion. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> yeah. The first two episodes, absolutely inspirational. You learn so much about them. Okay. The third episode. Yeah. I would call it like a marketing seminar. Oh, nice. Where he talks about when he in the 80s, when he became the top, the top action hero yeah. of all time. Yeah. And, and he dominated the action hero movies for so long until like Bruce Willis. Yeah. With Die Hard. Yeah. Uh-huh. What people don't realize is, well, yes, he became financially successful. Successful, like a lot of other people, not in the entertainment business, but in land and real estate. Okay. But in the movie industry with the action movies, mm-hmm. he didn't wait for, you know, the producer or, or the director or whoever was financing the movie to promote it. Yeah. He was like the pilgrim, like the innovator. Besides, uh, I forgot what his name was, who was like the original Hercules from like the 60s. That was like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, no. What's oh, that? Oh, wait. Hercules. Uh, yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, he was like an Austrian. Yeah. First yeah, I remember. Yeah. Like, he's uh, Mr. Universe, I think. Okay. Yeah. One yeah. of the original ones. Mm-hmm. And what Arnold did was he went to the show premieres himself, to the movie premieres himself, to promote the movies himself. But yeah. like he didn't wait for somebody else to promote it. He went and did it himself. Uh-huh. And, and think about that business-wise. <laughs> you have people in the independent scene who are making maybe 40, 60 bucks a show, working maybe two, three shows a month, if that. And they're saying to everybody else, they don't pay me enough to promote the show. <laughs> Promoting is for the promoter, not for me. Yeah. I'm the wrestler. <laughs> they ain't gonna come see please, you then. <laughs> please, on everything that is holy yeah. or, or 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 Hindu or Buddhist or whatever religion or non-religion you, you believe in. And 
all of it, please go to Netflix, watch that three-part documentary. Think about Arnold. He promoted himself, damn it. What happened when he promoted himself? Top fucking grossing, grossing action hero. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. He became a governor for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still doing action movies. Yeah. What is he, like in his 70s now? Late yeah. 60s, 70s, something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. And he's still fucking destroying it. <laughs> he's still in great physique. Yeah. Yep. Think yep. about that, guys. Right. Please. Please. <laughs> fucking think about that. <laughs> you want yeah. to be successful. You Success. A lot of people's mind is being financially successful. 99% of people that we all talk to, when we talk about being successful, it's being financially successful, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking follow the process. Follow the people <laughs> who who walk it. Who, yeah. who live it. Uh-huh. When you follow people who are successful, you're going to be successful. Chances because are. Because follow the three stooges, <laughs> you got to get fucking slapped around. <laughs> yeah. You want money? You want to get slapped around. Yeah. I like the money. Yeah. And on that, uh, <laughs> this would be a, a good one to end this. I mean, I had so many uh, more questions uh, for you, but uh, I'll definitely we'll have you on here. On. Oh, yeah. We'll have a two and maybe a three part of this. But uh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, do you want to uh, let everyone know? I'm, you kind of explained it, but uh, you want to let everyone know where they could uh, find you and follow you and sign up for your seminars. And uh, if they have questions for you, reach out to you. Absolutely. Um, I mean, you can even follow me on Facebook, Damien Saints. Okay. Um, I believe I have the like, same handle across from Facebook to Snapchat, Twitter. I'm sorry, X. Mm, oh, X, yeah. Instagram. <laughs> it's the Damien Saints. It's literally just the Damien Saints as if it's one word. Okay. Yeah. You can find me so easy that way. Yeah, for sure. Um, Seminars, I don't have seminars fully set up yet. I'm still talking with a couple of promoters to figure okay. out how to start setting that stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're a promoter, if you run shows, if you help run shows, yeah, if you're interested, please hit me up. Mm-hmm. I'll show you my whole flyer of what I'm teaching in my seminars. It, hell, I can make it like a day camp mm-hmm. if you want to do like a full day class. Yeah. Uh-huh. In depth business psychology, storytelling, all that type of stuff. For sure. Because I'll call it cover everything that you don't really get. Yeah. At a pro wrestling school a lot of days not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But you can find me on those social media uh handles. Okay. Um Rocket Pro Wrestling. Yeah. Ben, hi, I'm the general manager. <laughs> six. Hi, yep. I'm the executive producer. <laughs> Got to launch up for wrestling. Hi, I'm the senior referee and creative and their agent. Oh, nice. <laughs> Hell yeah. It, it's not hard to find. I'm not okay. working on places right now. I'm trying to be a little bit more selective. Uh-huh. Since I'm working more backstage as well. Okay. But I don't want to spread myself out too much. Yeah. I just want to make sure I'm able to commit to who I have. Right. The best stories, the best products. Okay. But that's where you can find me, guys. Super okay. easy. If you can't find me that way, Holy shit, show up as Joliet <laughs> on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah. 
all of Rocket Pro Wrestling to stand outside St. Joe's, you'll probably hear me start yelling at someone. Maybe that kid, Santino, who, <laughs> oh my God, Santino annoys the hell out of me. Never mind. I might get upset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, that was uh, Damien Saint. And uh, yeah, you can check him out at all them places he said in the social medias. Um, yeah, episode 118. Uh, and I will probably, uh, yeah, have a two part and a three part and a, <laughs> a continuous guest. And I'll have to have, uh, some oh, dude, of, uh dude, Jimmy, we didn't get into my fucking uh legend stories of like oh. me hanging out with like two days, Jake the Snake Roberts. Oh, shit. <laughs> or driving around from a show back to an era to a hotel of um Ming and Haku. Uh huh. Like, there's. <laughs> I got stories with legends. You're going to have to. No, no, we still have a second part. We'll do it later on. Oh, yeah. I got (laughs) seminars. I got stories. I got it all for you, baby. Hell, yeah. That's all for the listeners. They'll have to check back in and see when you're on again for for those stories and more. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, that's going to be the wrap up to this. Uh, Thank you, Damien, for being on here. And uh, shedding uh some light onto uh the business and uh wrestling and yourself no no my friend thank you so much for having me on all right uh i'll probably see you at the uh the next event um for rocket pro wrestling uh next yes. month which let me pull my calendar calendar because i want to make sure i have the right dates <laughs> because yeah. i got something to plug with that one uh-oh <laughs> Boy, if you took a little flyer home with you, if you were at the show last night, we hand out these little flyer cards. Yep. Our main event next month. Yes. On excuse me. <laughs> October 14th, St. Joe's Park, Crest yeah. Hill, Joliet, Illinois, where the hell you want to call it. Yeah. It's my hometown. <laughs> <laughs> but main events. Current champion, Aaron Stone. Yep. Faces on. Impact Superstar Sam Beal. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, and it's gonna be good. Cause guess what, Jamie? Yeah. Sam and I, uh-huh. we've known each other our whole careers. Uh-oh. <laughs> and it's gonna be a good night. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel titles is changing. Yeah. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I saw that match last night and how it ended. So I can imagine what's gonna happen uh next month. I'll, I'll, I'll give Stone credit. Yeah. <laughs> he won last night. He, yeah. he won. Yeah. It was a hell of a match. Yeah. I don't like Stone. But after last night, <laughs> he I deserved it. He deserved it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say that. Yeah. I will not say that. <laughs> yeah. But Stone gained a morsel. Mm hmm. A, a morsel uh-huh. of my respect. Well, <laughs> there you go. Oh, I feel, feel <laughs> Have a drink. <laughs> Have a drink. <laughs> drink okay. it down. Drink it down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, on that, uh, we're going to end it. And yeah, this was Damien Saint. And be uh, on the lookout for episodes two and three. And like I said, maybe even more. So, (laughs) oh, there will be more. (laughs) 
Yeah, <laughs> Rockford Wrestling, Chicagoland when they come back, Destination 6. Yep. I got a lot of things going on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Always good. <laughs> I'll tell you later on because yeah. yeah, I got more things going on business-wise, but ah, that's another story. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, thanks again for doing this. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. And you, 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 you are listening to a monster production. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What'd you think of the show last night? I loved it. I, I left it. I left last night happy. And because I'm like the producer backstage as well, so I'm always in Gorilla and I'm always giving out the juice to the referees and all that stuff. I'm always so extra critical on every little thing of the show. Okay. Yeah. It, it's not often where I walk away from a show with a full smile on my face. Like there's yeah. a couple of things that I wish had been different. I wish were done better. Okay. But overall, I mean, holy shit, the crowd was electric. Yeah. I could save uh, some more, I guess, for the actual podcast and stuff. 